We have so much to focus on as nurses that it could be all too easy to linger on the tasks, the lab results, the assessment, that we lose sight of the patient, the human being to whom they are connected. I'm joined today by Nancy Albert as we discuss how to always keep the patient and the human being at the center of all we do. Hi, and welcome to Nurse Essentials, a Cleveland Clinic podcast where we discuss all things nursing, from patient care to advancing your career to navigating tough on-the-job issues. We're so glad you're here. I'm your host, Carol Pahatsky, Associate Chief Nursing Officer of Surgical Services Nursing. Part of the human condition in this day and age and, and many others is being on the other side of the bed. Sometimes as nurses, we just charge ahead of our lives and stop thinking about the fact that we have or will be on that side of the bed or someone we care about most in this world is. For me, I was on that other side of the surgical bed as my specialty a couple times before I became a nurse and then thankfully always elective on the other side post being a nurse. And so I I came to the profession with some impressions about what that felt like as a patient of a nurse not knowing really the ins and outs of nursing. And then once I went to school and and had some road on my tires, really reflecting on that experience, what went well about it, what I would have preferred to be different. And then with each subsequent time I've had surgery or been in the hospital, and thankfully for only once an emergency thing that resolved very quickly, it has absolutely informed me as both a human being and as a nurse. And I have the pleasure of welcoming new nurses when they come into the OR. And when we ask them, why did you pick surgery? Invariably, at least half of them say, because I had surgery or because somebody I care about did. And I want to be that person who makes a difference. But how do we share these stories? You don't have to have been a patient to be a great nurse. So how do we help share our stories with others and help them learn from those? I am so honored to be joined today by Dr. Nancy M. Albert to discuss this topic further. Nancy is the Associate Chief Nursing Officer for Nursing Research and Innovation for the Stanley Shalom Zaloni Nursing Institute here at Cleveland Clinic. She is also a clinical nurse specialist. She's still actively seeing patients in the Kaufman Center for Heart Failure Treatment and Recovery. We're still trying to figure out how you do all that, Nancy, because she also has over 390 peer review articles published in nursing and medical journals, and she was the first nursing president of the Heart Failure Society of America. I could go on and on, but today we're here to talk about this topic you're so passionate about, which is remembering who that person is who happens to be your patient. Thank you so much for joining me today, Nancy. Well, thanks so much for having me, Carol. I am really excited to talk (laughs) about this topic because I think being human and being humane with our patients is so important. And I think sometimes as nurses, we get caught up in our daily lives as a nurse, and maybe we forget it. So I actually, a few years ago, I was asked to do a keynote presentation Mm, for a graduation, a nursing school graduation. And I told them this little story, and I'd like to kind of just, in in a way, repeat it and kind of just to remind us all of of Mm -hmm. what I'm really talking about here. So imagine just yesterday, you're a father, and you have three adult children and they come over to the house for dinner and you're thrilled to have dinner with them. It's family dinner night. It's movie night. You know, everybody's laughing and talking and sharing popcorn and wine and they purposely set their cell phones aside. Oh, so, very good. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. So, no one, so they can fully engage with each really, other. Really. And the very next day, the 
dad, the father, goes in to see his local doctor mm-hmm. and gets diagnosed with a non-curable aggressive condition and is whisked to the hospital oh. for immediate treatment. So dad gets to the hospital. Once yeah. there, he's asked to remove all his clothes, his mm. watch, any jewelry he has on, put on a gown, of course, without a backside, as right. most hospitals still use. And he's placed in a single hospital bed with an uncomfortable mattress, probably an uncomfortable pillow, right. and the side rails up. Right. Later, that same family man is asked not to get out of bed, Mm -hmm. asked to call the nurse if he needs to use a (sighs) urinal or if he needs to go to the bathroom. And the man, I'm sure, is wondering what the heck happened to my perfectly good legs. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Like, how come I can't get out of bed and go to the bathroom? (laughs) Is this a jail or is this, you know, what's really going on here? Absolutely. So in addition, the man is poked and prodded, of course, by every person who enters the room. So when you enter as a nurse, mm-hmm. what do you think that man is feeling? Probably a little bit on guard, doesn't know what you're up to, maybe fears what you're going to come in and do or tell him. Especially based on whatever transpired, you're walking in for the first time, but mm-hmm. what happened before you got there? Exactly. Yeah. And I think it's up to us as nurses, oh, if we're yeah. the nurse walking in the room, to understand that we're entering the room of a person who has a life, mm-hmm. had a life immediately before entering this <laughs> immediately. room. Immediately, yes, that's great. Point. The person has a history. The person has yeah. a worried family. Mm-hmm. And it may be somebody who's also worried about himself and what this means. Well, Am course. I going to be able to do things that are my yeah. responsibilities in mm. life. Mm-hmm. So what's going to happen next? So again, for us as nurses, we really need to be human. And mm-hmm. also, we need to really think about what's going on with the person in the bed differently than being an expert clinician right. in whatever area sure. that diagnosis is in and, and doing the right thing for patients. Yeah, we think about, you know, I'm fresh out of nursing school. I learned all of these assessment techniques. I want to use them. It only works if it's part of the bigger picture. I, I remember vaguely <laughs> being a new nurse and, and really trying to, you know, what am I supposed to do next, right? I'm, it's, it's me, now I'm responsible. And, and between having a few surgeries and having a lot of life underneath my tires, I, I would argue I'm, a, I'm better equipped to remember that's a human being, mm-hmm. right? What advice do you give for, we'll, we'll linger here with first with like the nursing students or the newer nurses, because right. there is, there's a lot to remember and who do I call and what do I do? What are some key things that they can be thinking of other than their own humanness, but how do you juggle that? Right. All those competing demands. Right, there is a lot going on. And I think first, maybe the first, very first thing we need to do is ask patients a simple question. Mm. What do you need from me right now? Mm. In that way, you may open Pandora's box a little bit. (laughs) And so you have to have time (laughs) to have Pandora's box be opened. But at least it'll give the patient a chance to vet. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm worried about who's going to cut the lawn. Uh, I'm worried about making sure something is, a bill gets paid. Mm -hmm. I need to call my wife to do X, Y, Z. So again, they they may be having those thoughts, but really they may also be worried about, you know, I'm worried about my diagnosis or what's going to be next. And it's not that the nurse has to have all the answers, but Mm. if a nurse could at least open that door for the questions, they could take notes, write them down, Mm -hmm. show that they care, show that they're concerned, about that person in the bed, not just the patient in the bed. And again, just starting that conversation. And 
when the nurse does it, they can't look like they're bored and just right. getting through the motion. <laughs> I'm um, saying it because I was told by my preceptor to say it. Yeah, yes. exactly. Yes. So they they need to sh you know they need to have good eye contact. They mm. need to look engaged, act engaged. I always say I actually have a slide I use in some <laughs> leadership talks, sure. and I show a person smiling and. You're not smiling because you're happy they're sick and in your bed, but you're smiling right. to show that you're attentive and listening and that you care about this person. So, you know, go with the flow of the conversation. Maybe you have to show a sad face at that moment if you're really sure, listening. Of but what I really mean is a smile can, mm -hmm. can help somebody else really feel like, She's with me on this journey, or she's yeah. she, or he's with me on this journey. Of course, we have male nurses yes. as well. So again, just keep keeping that in mind. I think could be really beneficial. It can be even as simple as saying, you know, what's top of mind for you, or what are you thinking about? Because the answer is probably mm -hmm. a lot of times going to surprise us. Because it might not be this devastating diagnosis. It might be my dog's at home by him or herself, right. and I don't have anybody to let them out. Right, so what are your concerns? Yes. And once we know those concerns, get their perspectives, then mm -hmm. we could figure out and communicate to others to help maybe reduce fear, reduce uncertainties, whatever those are. It may not be the medical condition, it may be right. life. So many other so, things. Yeah. So you'd mentioned, I wanna go back to something you'd said about not having to have all the answers, right? So as, as especially you're, you're new in a profession or you're new to your unit and you want to have the answers and sometimes it's easy to think that's how I convey confidence. That's how I can help this patient trust me because I have the answers. So what tips do you have for somebody who they can't possibly have the answer? Nobody, exp I mean, we have wonderful instances where people have gone and let the dog out, but that isn't necessarily right. something that nurse can do right now. So, so what tips do you have for that nurse who's trying to create this the sense of I'm hearing you, but also a little bit of comfort with, I don't know the answer. Right, I, I think uh, it's a great question and I think honesty is the simplest mm -hmm. answer. Mm -hmm. So it's okay to say to somebody, you know, that's a great question and I don't have the answer or I have no expertise in mm. this arena. Yeah. But then we could add the and, <laughs> not the but, that's but right. the and. Yes. So and I will, Talk to somebody and see if I could find out who could help you. Yes. And I will let my nurse manager know mm -hmm. to see if blah, right. blah, blah. Or and I will call the doctor yes. and I will do this or that. So I think if we use the right wording with our patients, they'll still feel like we're there for them. Mm -hmm. And I don't think they really expect us to have all the answers. But I think <laughs> what they do is they expect us to listen and listen yes. attentively. So. And the importance of following up, even mm -hmm. if the answer is I'm still checking, yes. uh, you know, as, as having had loved ones in the hospital and, and, you know, you don't take your nurse hat off when you're sitting at the bedside, you, you know, I reflect back on a scenario where I could watch it unfold where I, the nurse said to my loved one, I will check in on that. Okay. Every single time that nurse came in, where's it at? Where's that at? Where, from my loved one, because that was all they were thinking about that nurse is working on that for me. And I'm thinking, they also have, you know, they're waiting for their calls. They can't generate that answer, but it's so important. And the nurses did a great job of putting my loved one at ease of, yes, here's where we're at. We're still looking for that answer, but it's so just, you can't forget to even tell them I'm still working on it because sometimes that's the only thing the patient's been thinking about in the five to 50 minutes you've been outside right. of the room. In fact, there's, um, you know, if you read the literature about 
emergency nursing mm, and mm -hmm. left before treatment complete patients, sure, yeah. right? So people leave the ER before because they're tired of waiting. Yeah. And one of the ways to help prevent that from happening is to have the nurse or mm -hmm. a key personnel that the patient has met go back into the lobby maybe every 15 minutes to 30 minutes to say, we haven't forgotten about you. Yes. <laughs> We're still waiting on a bed. Right. Are you comfortable? What do you need from me? Mm -hmm. So again, you know, trying to help the patient understand that we know they're there, mm -hmm. we care about them, and that we're not just leaving them, you know, that we're we're attentive to the fact that, yes. you know, we know you're you're still sitting out here waiting. It's tapping into that human condition that nobody enjoys waiting, I don't think, right. and everybody worries about getting forgotten. So true. That's fantastic. Yeah. So going back to something we talked about at the top of the episode in terms of you know, if you, if you are fortunate enough to be in this world long enough, you will likely be on either on the receiving end of healthcare or have somebody you care very much in that position. So how do we, as, as nurse leaders, as preceptors, or even as nursing students, what ideas do you have around how we would share that with other nurses, obviously not having to give all of ourselves away, but to create that gentle reminder about the humanness in all of us. Yeah, I think that, you know, it, at Cleveland Clinic, one of the things we do here is we do these care planning episodes mm -hmm, or, or mm -hmm, patient mm -hmm. plan of care visits. And the whole goal around a patient plan of care visit is to go into the patient's room every day with a collaborative team. So mm -hmm. it's not just the nurse by themselves or the physician by themselves, but the nurse and physician together with the patient at minimum. There may be other mm -hmm. collaborators or clinicians in the room and to talk to the patient about what the plan of care is make sure that we ask the patient what questions they have for hmm. us. Mm -hmm. And again, then everybody's in the room. And I think part of the beauty and the value of plan of care visits is that everybody's on the same page because the worst right. scenario everybody's is... Everybody's together. They have no excuses. They, they were there in the room. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Because, you know, imagine a physician comes in and says, we're going to do these three things sure. and the nurse believes the patient's ready to go home, right? Mm. Or the nurse thinks mm -hmm. that they're going to be here four more days and the physician said, oh, we're going to send you home this afternoon. Right. So again, having everybody on the same page gives a sense of confidence for the patient. But more importantly... It gives a sense of symmetry and everybody's in the same track. They're not in different tracks, all meeting different goals and not knowing what's going on. So the patient is in the same track with the nurse and the physician of record. Mm -hmm. And I think that could really help a patient understand sure. what the next steps are in their treatment plan and what's going on with them. And then, of course, they could communicate that to their family and friends and get that yes. humanness back in terms of I have a life. Now I've got to communicate that yes. with my family member, my friends, whoever mm -hmm. it is. That and And I've had the honor of of listening in on some of them and, and some of great work being done all over the place. Some of the best are when it really does start with that question about what's on your mind today, Mrs. Bohatsky, mm -hmm. because it might not be the procedure. It might be, I, I think I have three bills due and there's nobody at home to pay them or I'm not sure how, whatever that is. When they're done really beautifully, it, it starts with a humanistic question. So for those of you who aren't from the Cleveland Clinic, maybe you call them multidisciplinary rounds, you call them care planning. I want to linger, though, on something that Nancy pointed out. These are at the bedside with the patient. Mm -hmm. So I think about the olden days where we did have those, but they were in a conference room somewhere else and it didn't involve the patient. In the hallway. <laughs> in a hallway, in a conference room, people running in and out versus it really is that opportunity. So if, if somebody, this is foreign to somebody, they've never, they've never heard of this. Obviously, it was a 
giant effort to get this underway. But how can the nurse, whether you're in an area that does plantar care visits or not, how can that nurse best advocate for that patient truly being part of their plan of care discussion? Yeah, I, I think that when we think about those discussions, we need to make sure that we're working with the patient's context. And you said it really nicely. Maybe they're not worried about how well the procedure is going to go or what's going on with the procedure, but they're worried if they're going to wake up or they're worried how long it's going to take to wake up or they're worried if they're going to have a tube in or they're worried Mm. that maybe they won't be able to talk or walk. And so learning that patient's context is really important and asking the right questions about concern and, you know, what questions do you have for me? How can Mm -hmm. I, you know, what's on your mind right now really can help us then take that direction and pathway that meets the patient's needs first because they may not be able to hear anything we say if we're on a different path than them. So if we're off context to what's important to them in the Mm -hmm. moment and they're anxious, they're fearful, they're uncertain. They haven't heard a word you said. They're vulnerable. You're right. They Mm -hmm. haven't heard a word you Mm -hmm. said. Mm -hmm. And so then you're missing that opportunity. They're not listening. And And then by the time you get to it, They missed all of the important stuff that you needed to say. So starting out getting into the patient's context can Mm -hmm. be really important. And then go back to the messages we need to give them so that they can leave the hospital, go home, live a good life, and hopefully not have to come back for the same repetitive problem. Right. And so no matter where you are in your trajectory as a nurse or within your organization, where your organization is in a journey about involving this, you know, what do they say? To, you have, sometimes you have to go slow to go fast. You think about the, I mean, I vividly remember the days of 8 million phone calls and texts and pages and back and forth trying to get on the same page between the patient and the provider and the nurse and da da da, da, da versus let's all get in the same room and talk about this together. It mm-hmm. really, it, it makes our care more efficient and more effective because there aren't the miscommunications of, well, I thought you said it, the procedure was today. I thought I was going home tomorrow. It really is getting the whole team on the same page. Right. I think also we need to remember, and I know some of this may be cultural, so I, sure, I'll, yeah. I'll push that out there right now, that tactileness can also be important. So do we mm. need to hold the patient's hand? Do we need to squeeze their arm? Do we need to pat their shoulder? Is that important to them for that connection, that humanness sure. again? So back to the hum- being yes. humane again. So if we notice that they're looking like they're ready to cry, in addition to getting Kleenex and saying, oh, my right. goodness, you know, yeah. but but what else can we do? Do they do they need a hug if that's, mm-hmm. you know, and some people are very huggy-feely people. And, <laughs> and the pandemic they, was hard on them, yes. Yeah. Same. And, <laughs> and, and if there's no family member in the room right. to do that, yeah. we may be the surrogate mm-hmm. for that. So again, it's our comfort level as well. As nurses, not everybody's huggy-feely, and and I get that. Mm -hmm. But I think it's working off what you're seeing and hearing and feeling from the patient. And again, instead of us being in our head, just going through the motion of, I got to get this, this, and this done. Mm -hmm. These are the 10 things I need to do. I need to get to the next patient's room. Take that moment to stop, to really listen, really hear, look see what's going on, and again, connect with patient under the context that's in front of us. And it's, it, it can be as simple as, can I give you a hug? Mm-hmm. Or would it help if I? Again, yeah. if, if you're not touchy-feely, then we're right. not nurses telling you to go figure out how to be that. Right. But people, people aren't going to necessarily, they're not going to ask for it. But if you offer it to them, and that's something they need. I've always had the opportunity when I've said, 
would you like this? And you're, you're sensing it, they will say yes. Right. Or even if you say, oh, I feel like I want to give you a hug. And right. they may say, let's. Yes. You know, so again, yes. they, they will let you know if yes. that's their thing. You know, obviously, if somebody's got covers up to their neck and their arms are underneath, <laughs> maybe they it's don't want to be reading touched. Reading the room in a yeah. whole way. <laughs> yes. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, and, and, you know, I'll never forget, once upon a time, we had a surgeon come speak to a large group of nurses and, and techs. And although... Every type of physician is different, just like every type of nurse is different. It's It stayed with me when he said he's an oncology surgeon. So he talked about when he goes into surgery, he, he's going into battle. He's really focusing on, I'm going after that tumor. And the thousands of decisions he could make wrong, that mean that patient maybe doesn't make it out of the OR. Or if they do, did he not get all the cancer and are they coming back, right? So he's... Focused. He's focused. And frankly, if I'm that patient, I want him focused. And he looked at that room of 300 nurses and he said, I am counting on you to remember that that's a human being. Oh, how nice. Right? And and said, with God as my witness, said on recording, I know I can be a jerk. (laughs) But just the idea of saying, I'm not trying to be a jerk. I'm just, I'm staying in the zone. And everything you can do to keep me in the zone means I get to go to battle. But I completely trust that you were remembering this person's skin, their position, the fact that they have a daughter, a son, a spouse, whatever whatever that is, that you're remembering that, that you're going to be their eyes and ears so that I can focus on what I need to I do. I actually love that. Right? I, think, I actually think that's wonderful that the yes. physician would, would do that. Yes, that's to cool. acknowledge that. Mm-hmm. I, we could go on and on. <laughs> I want to just circle, tie it, tie it with one thing. You know, we, we've we've talked a little bit around this concept of vulnerability. Mm-hmm. So I think sometimes we think as nurses we have to be strong and impenetrable for our patients. In closing, what would you have to say to nurses about how we embrace patients and vulnerability and when we should be vulnerable with them? Yeah, I think it's really important that we are vulnerable with patients. Obviously, we have to, you know, we have to have ethics in nursing and we mm-hmm. need to be careful of, of how far we go. But we must remember that our patients are vulnerable and they're looking for us to be human. Mm-hmm. We want them to be human. We're asking them what's going on in yes. their life and what their <laughs> concerns are. And they need to know that we can be human as well. So obviously they don't want to know our life story. They're right. in there for a reason and yes. we're there to take care of them. But I think it's okay. We don't want to assume things from them. That's why we're asking them, what yes. kind of questions do you have? What are your right. concerns? And at the same time, we don't want them to assume things from us, possibly. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe part of our conversation may need to be depending on what's going on that day you know I'm I'm having a very busy day I've mm. got a heavy assignment today I care about you though and yeah. I want to make sure I'm meeting your needs right. and so I'm okay if you put on your light it's okay if you put on your light 10 oh, times in fantastic. a row yeah. because that'll remind mm-hmm. me that I need to get back in here mm-hmm. and I want you to be my partner today and help me out so it's okay if we're vulnerable mm-hmm. and let patients know the scenario mm-hmm. but not in a way that sounds like they don't we don't have time for them of or yeah. we can't meet their needs so there is a way to say it and i think as nurses as we get more comfortable in our shoes so mm-hmm. maybe as a nursing student not so comfortable right. but hopefully the nursing students will have a good preceptor watch see or the people hear. around you yeah, yes absolutely watch the people watch and learn and grow right <laughs> absolutely and so that over time they'll figure out 
where their comfort zone is in saying that. Because patients know when you're rushed when you go in the room. Right. Patients, you're not fooling anyone. <laughs> you're not fooling anyone. They know when you really don't care. You're just getting yeah. the job done. Yeah. And so I think that it's really important for us, again, on that human and humane piece to think of patients that way. But then we need to come across that way as well. Right. All right, everyone, you have some homework. Everybody should should take a few minutes, ideally, and reflect. Where are you at in the in your vulnerability with patients and how you honor the humanness of patients and how you advocate for them in their plan of care? So with that, we're going to wrap up by turning over to the speed round where our listeners get to learn a little bit more about you, Nancy, as an amazing human being in addition to the amazing expert you are. So, okay. first question, it's time to unwind. You're so busy. <laughs> you're doing such amazing things. You finally get time to unwind. What is it you're doing? Wow. Okay. So when I unwind in the summer, mm-hmm. I like to force myself to leave the house, go outside, take a walk. I love it even more if my husband says, let's go hiking because yeah. we'll go hiking someplace where there's no internet. So even if I have my phone on me, uh, there is no internet. So um, that's really good. We bought a boat this year going Ooh. on the boat. Again, sometimes on lakes, there's no internet. So I have learned that if he puts me in a zone without internet, mm. it's very good for my mental He's clearly health. learned that. Physical health, yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I think being outdoors. I, I tend to like fresh air. I love mountains. I love water. I just yeah. I just love being outside. And so. even in the heart of Cleveland winter, there are ways to do it. Yes, that <laughs> is true. Harder, but there are ways. <laughs> and what brings you joy? Oh, these are good questions. So what brings me joy? Boy, you know, I think I would answer it saying a lot of things bring me joy. Mm-hmm. I'm somebody who has a glass half full mm-hmm mental model. Mm -hmm. So little things bring me joy, like hearing my kids laugh on the phone. I know Mm. it sounds silly, but when I, when I hear them talking and laughing with each other, I'm like, they get along, they get each other, you know, they can have fun together. Mm -hmm. But I think there's so many things, you know, a good dinner, a juicy (laughs) novel, um, a TV movie that kept my attention and was fun to watch Mm -hmm. that I maybe would even want to watch again one day, you know. So I think from a joy standpoint, there's a lot. I've got a wonderful family around me Mm. that keeps me centered. And there's just so much out there. Life is good. And, you know, my philosophy is we only live once and we need to enjoy it. So I think a lot of things bring me joy. It's never been a better time to think about what brings all of us joy. Yeah. Nancy, thank you so much for joining today. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. As always, thanks so much for joining us for today's discussion. Don't miss out. Subscribe to hear new episodes wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, we want to hear from you. Do you have ideas for future podcasts or want to share your stories? Email us at nurseessentials at ccf.org. To learn more about nursing at Cleveland Clinic, please check us out at clevelandclinic.org nursing. Until next time, take care of yourselves and take care of each other. The information in this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only and does not constitute medical or legal advice. Consult your local state boards of nursing for any specific practice questions.